Well, like community, like family. And then it makes you start thinking about us as Christian, Western Christians or Christians in America. And do, do we value family together? We use the word fellowship, but fellowship doesn't sound as personal as the word family. You know, it's like, do we, do we realize that this was God's plan from the beginning, that he would put us in spiritual families? And I guess... Before I give it to y'all for a second, uh, next. Uh, I think a lot of this stuff in, in the politics, uh, the way over on the edge kind of politics, and you know, you're, you're having things happen in schools about families, about um, identity, you know, if, if girls uh, feel that they're boys, that they want a, a male you know, want to be called he, and and then there's other people that are, you know, want to be called she, and all this stuff, and you go, well, you think back behind all of that, and you think, what's this about? It's the enemy. If God, if God came up with the idea that we would do better as his created children, right, this was God's plan from the beginning. He would have a big family. I mean, this is all going to, there's going to be a big family. There's going to be a new heaven, new earth, big family. So if you start with that and you go all the way back the other direction, then, uh, and we look at all of Scripture and all the stories, family is very important. So if you were Satan and you hated God, you got to this point of rebellion. Third of all the angels left heaven in a rebellion, right? And so what would be one of the things that they would come against? Family. Family. So all this stuff that's going on in Western culture that's anti-family is not just an accident. It's a diabolical plan. So on our part... We should recognize that we need to press into this more. Despite the fact that Lloyd and I don't love each no, I mean, like, we disagree on things. I don't know. I'm playing. I don't know anything that I disagree with Lloyd about. Um, so, so there's one thing we could throw out from, from, from Acts. And then last time I was on the first part of chapter 19 and, and in verse 8 said talking about uh, Paul coming to town and working with, in Ephesus and it says he, he entered the synagogue and continued speaking out boldly for three months reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is another big deal. Kingdom of God is like so if God's building family And God's got a plan. God the Father's got a plan. Right this, right this moment, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God the Father with a body. Fully man, fully God. He's at the place of honor. Father has said that this is the place of honor at my right hand. Because you were the obedient son. You did everything the way I asked you to do it. All the way to the cross. I mean, you did everything that way. So I want you to, you know, there. And so when Stephen's being stoned, Stephen kind of like sees through, 
know, the sky kind of, he can see. And Jesus stands up. Stands up to honor Stephen. And Stephen, being like Jesus, says, as Saul and them, and they're probably, you know, probably throwing their coats at, at Saul's feet because that's kind of like he was the ringleader of the group. You kind of put your coat there. Why you pick up a rock, you don't want to get your clothes dirty, you know, whatever. And so Stephen is saying, don't hold it against them, even as they're killing, even as they're stunning him to death. And he says, look, I see, I see, I see Jesus standing up. Like, that's an, wow. Yes. Wow. Wow. So, so then when you get into this, the kingdom of God, and I could probably say, Brooke, what is that as a historian? You taught on this like big thing. What's the short version? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was essentially the, the rule and reign of God existing now and also what is to come. Because we are, in a sense, I mean, there, there's part of it that's, that's part of the canon, a part of the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God now? And then there is the, the ultimate goal. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about uh, Marie and her. Marie, can you hear him when he said that all the way over there? Did it pick it up on the microphone? Because now I'm moved closer. Okay. So as <laughs> he's already said this, but let me give the, you a concise version. The concise version. Yeah. Um, the kingdom of God, also known as the kingdom of heaven, they they the meanings are the same. Um, is what exists has always existed, but it, it exists now in, in uh, human role in that has varied over time. I mean, in other words, well, the whole gospel plan and everything else is to include us in that. Um, and that goes all the way back to the beginning. And that it is, so that what is now is the, the, the part about God himself. I mean, when the angels revolted, the ones that did, they were revolting against that kingdom. They didn't want him for king. They had their own idea of who's going to be king. Even though they could see it all. And, right. I mean, no, it wasn't hidden. It was there. Um and, you know, you think, well, how in the world could they be deluded, a third of them be deluded, you know, by somebody who obviously wasn't God? I mean, there you are. You see God. You experience God. And yet there's this something that comes along that, and you're tempted away from God. And all I can say is, as I experience the same thing, Anytime I get uh, really interested in acquiring something, 
or something that really, really, really means a lot to me, or something, oh, man, if I just had that, or whatever. I mean, we do the same thing, and we can look back on it later and go, that was dumb, or it wasn't the smartest thing I ever did, or whatever. But we do that, and I imagine angels can do that too. That's just my theory. But they are, um, you know, they were, they were deluded. And uh, it's important to remember that two-thirds of them were not. Yes. But, but, but a third of them were, and that they really separated themselves from the kingdom of God. Uh, they were given that opportunity. We're all given a choice. Um, and they, that, was, that was theirs. And so they decided to follow the leader they thought was going to give them what they wanted or whatever. And so they found themselves, they excluded themselves from the kingdom of God. And God also excluded them. That is a two-way street. It's not like he just kicked them out and said, good riddance. It's like they left and he said, okay. So, and with us, our thing that we face with the kingdom of God, and in the Gospels, there's some great stuff that Jesus himself says about the kingdom of God. You know, when some of John's, John the Baptist's disciples came by and said, are you the one that we're, we're looking for? He says, go back and tell John what you see. The blind are given their sight. The lame are walking. It's a, just, just go back and tell him what's happening you know so it wasn't just a clear yes or no he says just go tell him what you see and so um there was that which was basically advising john the baptist who you know was being primed for this since before he was born um that's also in Luke, anyway, <laughs> it's in there. And so the idea of, um, I mean, so th this was a big, 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 big step in the kingdom of God. This was, in fact, the sort of pinnacle. This was the place where we had all, uh, humans had already been invited, involved, I don't know how all that works out, but I have some theories, but that's of no consequence. But the thing is, is that it was all of this was really about involved, was bringing us into the kingdom of God. And that this was big news to, to John the Baptist and everybody else and the disciples and, and all. This was the turning of the page. And this point from when Jesus began his ministry to the point where he uh, went through his temptation to where he is crucified and resurrected, that is the central point in history. And that is when the kingdom of God was made available to us um, in in in. It's still, you know, and it's, it continues to be made available to us. But essentially what this is, is, is this is what we were born for. We were born to be 
participants, we were born to be subjects of God. Yeah, subjects. Right. We're not electing him. Since he's, we're, his rule and reign, we are. His rule and reign are, right, we are, we are, our place is to be subject to him, and it's a good place. Um, if that's not democratic for us enough, then we may have a little bit too much democracy going on. Uh, now, I think that's a great system of government, but it's not how we approach God. So, uh, I mean, the whole thought and the whole aspect, all these aspects of the kingdom of God, or another way of saying it, the kingdom of heaven, because this is the kingdom of heaven. This is not of this earth. This is of heaven. This is God's kingdom, and he is extending it to us, and we're and he's given us this opportunity to embrace that. So this would be, I mean, that was great. Because you're like team member with Paul at Ephesus. And you can see why it, and, and this was the short version that Brooke gave. And you can see why it would be weeks of teaching of this to those at Ephesus. That right there, what he's saying. Because he's come to them and saying to the Greeks, hey, God's got to rule and reign. And by the way, Jesus was crucified and came back to life. And he's God's son. And so you and you know, he's trying to show them that the kingdom of God is what will make life their, be fulfilled as humans to find out what that is and then serve that, serve him, right? I mean, that's, is that the short? So, with the... Because people think they're doing the right thing and they think they're following God where their church has stopped following God. They're, I mean, I don't want to offend people, but it's delusional to think, well, we're just going to go start a new church over here because this one's not getting it done. And there are people that stay and there are people that go. So it's a battle that happens here on earth weekly. <laughs> because well, it reminds me of something a friend of mine asked at a meeting of, of um, it was actually a meeting of Southern Baptist pastors that he was asked to speak at. Yeah. And he, uh, and he just said, well, I've got a question for No, it was youth ministers, not pastors, youth ministers. And they said, how many churches are there in Etowah County? Mm. And someone said, well, there are 200 and so-and-so and so-and-so Baptist churches. Yeah. You know, uh, are you including, the, you know, whatever. And they let them talk for a while or whatever. And he says, well, it's pretty simple. There's one. <laughs> you know, I mean, and that ever since I heard that, it's it, it's anybody. I mean, I I don't I know. Protestants are famous for church splits, and you know the Catholic Church split. You know they had two popes. Yeah, what was it, seventy years or something like that? They had one in France. I've been in France and one in. Rome, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> that kind of stuff happens, but, 
that doesn't split the kingdom of God. I mean, that just means we're... Yes, and, and, and we are very much in need of redemption. Richard, talk louder. Come closer. Uh, right here, there. Yeah. Uh, Good. Uh, darn. Just some of the few things that God has been speaking to me about for several years now. Okay. Team of God and church being more relational. Yeah. Um, the first thing that came to mind was that in 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God consists not of words but of power. You look all through scripture, through the gospels, through the epistles, that the message was accompanied by signs and wonders. And it's not something that we seek after, but they're demonstrations of God's love and their demonstrations of his power, and it's to him to manifest in the way that he chooses through us. But the, the kingdom of God has always been established by signs and wonders, all through scripture. And the, the thing is, for one, I'm touching on relationship. Um, working where I do, I have a lot of contact with millennials, and they have this reputation of being totally on the phone, you know, totally. But I've seen how really connected that they are and how important relationship is to them. And sitting in a service listening to somebody is not appealing. And what's surprising, though, is a lot of research shows that they are drawn to more, you know, like podcasts, and that's a lot of the teaching that they get. But then that's one of the ways I see God is talking and saying that he wants church to be more of a relational thing. But it's not a model. It's not like a, this is how you do it. Yeah. I've seen different things like um, I go to, on the first Wednesday usually to Church of the Highlands mm-hmm. and have seen how there, you know, they have the large groups, but they have the things like you've talked about, yeah. the smaller groups. Yeah. Awesome. Another model is being like rather than sitting like this, like being in a circle, in a round, round yeah. kind of like for nobody. Yeah. Another thing I think you're going to see a rise in yeah. is the places kind of like in England we have these um, fellowships that meet in like a bar yes. or like yeah. pubs yeah. and also home churches but yeah. the, one of the things that you see if you're a part of the recovery community is really how important relationship is and that basically if you're an addict or an alcoholic if you don't have a relationship if you're not connected you basically die yeah you're gonna true. you're gonna go back into the old behaviors they also got people that speak into your life that can say you know, I see this in you, and I think it's something that you need to address. And um, that that's kind of the direction that God is wanting to lead the church, that the status quo is not working. Right. And that there needs to be change, but that it's not a cookie cutter. It's not like a pattern. It's like we don't copy what this church has done because it's worked there, yeah. because that's what God called them right. to what is God calling us as individuals to? What is God calling the fellowship to in order to achieve his plans and his purposes and his direction? That's good. That's good. So, wow. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> so, so, the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God, part, part of the demonstration of that that John Wimber showed us back, you know, in the day was is that, 
It consisted of the Word of God, and then the works of God, and then worship, and then, I don't guess they spelled fellowship with a W, but you know, if you was trying all Ws, but that there was a fellowship element to it. And that when I met them, and Richard lived out there, that these were really big parts of the vineyard in those, then. I don't know how it is now, but these are important parts of it. And so signs and wonders is, uh, is actually a normal thing. So is it, it's a normal extension of the kingdom. So that puts us on the spot. So, uh, yes. Um, talking about when I was out at Anaheim, one of the worship leaders that I work with, Andy Park, this guy decided he was going to start a kinship group mm-hmm. with the worship team and a few other invited people. We met one time, and the first Sunday that Andy led worship, he got called to John Weber's office on Monday morning. He was like, what happened to your worship team? And he was talking about how he saw a different dynamic. We met one time, uh-huh. and he already saw a different dynamic in the team. And just in working, you know, and having that relationship outside of actually worship, he actually saw that there was a difference. Uh-huh. And we... You know, it's like when we would do communion, you're talking about a church that was like seats, what is it, 3,250 people. We would break off into smaller groups, but the worship teams would always get together and I would always be with whoever the worship team was. And there was kind of a, there was a community that was established, you know, within us. Richard. Okay. I'm a big boy, you don't have to hold it for me. Okay, good. Um... If, if, if I may, I'd like to go back to something you said about the family okay. part. Um, the idea of family and relationship. Um, I think God shared something with me. It was many months ago I was thinking about that, you know, and the, sometimes you get the question, what did God do before he created anything, you know? Um, when it was just the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, they had, within the Trinity, they had the relationship within themselves. The Father loving the Son, the Son loving the Father, the Holy Spirit himself being the love, going back and forth between them. And... That's one reason why the Trinity is absolutely necessary for God's nature. Because if God were really just one, no Trinity, just one God, and he were perfect, he never would have created us, ever. There would have been no need. He would have been completely perfect in himself, fine all by himself, just doing whatever he would do by himself. He never would have created. He wouldn't have created the sons of God that are the heavenly sons of God that Job talks about before, you know, in Job, I think it's Job 38 where, you know, when, when God brings Job on the carpet and says, where were you when I did all this? And one of those things he said was, um, you know, when I laid the foundations of the earth, when the sons of God 
shouted for joy. Well, you know, those were the heavenly sons of God. He created the heavenly sons before he even created Adam and Eve. And when God decided that he wanted earthly sons to go along with the heavenly sons, that's when Lucifer, the devil, said, uh-uh, no. You know, he, it was his pride. If you read Ezekiel 28 about how beautiful he was as the, the guardian, um, Karub, we call it cherub, but it's Karub, um, who covers, he was so beautiful that when, you know, basically, I'm putting it in my own words, but he said, you know, God, why are you going to do this? You're creating them out of dirt. Why should they be on the same level as us? Because if you look at Ezekiel 28, gold, all those precious gems, the devil was made out of that stuff. He was beautiful, and it says that he fell because of his pride of his own beauty. And when God wanted to create earthly sons and daughters, he came into the Garden of Eden, and, you know, we know what happened there. And that's why the, the, the devil and all the principalities and powers that throughout history have come against God and his people have tried to thwart God's earthly plan for bringing in earthly sons and daughters into his family. And, of course, that way that any one of us can become an earthly, well, we already are earthly. We're human beings. But to come into God's family is to come to the Lord Jesus and anyone, if there's anybody here who's not born again, Listen to me. Anyone who comes to the Lord Jesus in repentance and faith will find him to be a powerful Savior. That's it. That's the good news. Jesus is the unique son who brings back all of, all of his sheep, all of the father's sheep. He will not lose one. That parable where he leaves the 99 to, to go get the one. I mean, you know, we often think about, well, if I'm the one, he's going to come and get me. And yeah, that's true. But <laughs> how many times have we read it? And it's like, there's, there's 100. He's got 99. He's not going to leave one. If he gets all 100, what's that? 100%. He doesn't lose any one of them. So, it's not about us. It's about Jesus. Does he uh, fulfill the Father's will perfectly? 
And he said, I have come down from heaven, John 6, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the Father's will who has sent me, that of all that he has given me, I lose nothing but raise it up again at the last day. The whole group, he doesn't lose any of it. And that's good news. Yeah, thank you, Richard. That is. I mean, so the kingdom, let's see. That was good. Like, how we fill all this in again. So that, that makes me think about Paul teaching to these Greeks. It's like, it, it took a while to keep saying this in different forms, but saying that this Jesus is God's son, fully man, fully God, and he will lead you Greeks into relationship with God through Jesus and that you can feel, be fulfilled. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's, you know, he said, I've come that you might have a abundance of life. And so Paul is trying to, to put this across to them and Later, he starts demonstrating in signs and wonders after he's been teaching them about this because it's one thing to do to talk about, but it's another thing to do to demonstrate it. So, Wimber would tell us that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Take a risk. But, but know that when you take the risk, behind you is all of, all of what y'all have said this morning. He, he is standing behind that to back it up because it's not your idea. Y'all, we, none of us invented this. There is a kingdom. There is a king. There is Jesus the Messiah, the one that's coming back. You know. There is a Holy Spirit. Who's the wind of God? I mean, he loves to be the one in the background, you know, like the, Jesus says, he's like the wind. You can't see where he's going or where he's coming from, but you can tell he's been there. You know, he loves, he loves going, you know, he never says, look at me, I'm the Holy Spirit. He's just always going, have you thought about Jesus? Have you thought about God the Father? He's just so other, that otherly thing. No wonder he's called the wind of heaven. No wonder he's taken on these Symbols of water and, and, and fire. And all, you know, he, he likes to move in that way. But he's, he's here this morning because two or three times I can feel like a, just a, him coming. You know, he's, he's in this conversation we're having today. There's a war going on. Spiritual war is getting... Now, will it, will it subside again or will it just keep getting? I don't know. I don't know. I listen, my wife tells me I listen to way too much news, which I do, you know. So I was drinking coffee the other morning. It was like 530 in the morning. And I was like, I want to know what happened during the night. And they just for some reason, they said, you know, with the Catholic Church, since 2022, there have been 400 different kinds of attacks on the Catholic Church, from burning parts of churches 
to backing cars into stained glass windows to doing different things. And they were saying that a lot of this was aimed at uh, the pro-life movement against the pro-choice. And they thought that there would be more of that in the coming as some of the states are going to vote, you know, more as the coming, this is your progresses, they're, they're, they're getting stronger at, for pro-life. And so the pro-choice people are looking for somebody to blame this on. And so they're going after the Catholic Church as one source. All this is just, it's just spiritual warfare. This is just, it's been going on since the rebellion among the sons. Yeah, of the, that created order of the ones who could see everything and still chose the five I wills. You know, we call it of Satan, you know, uh, Lucifer's choice. Uh, so how can we... It's Sunday morning. We've been worshiping God. We've been talking about the kingdom. We've been talking about empowerment. We talked about signs and wonders, acts, uh, acts, actions. We've talked about fellowshipping with each other, making family, more energy into family because we're in a war. And, and besides that, life's fuller for all of us if we are in a family. And, and, it, and this part that where Jesus says, you know, wherever there's two or three gathered in my name, I'm in their midst. It's because the indwelling of the Holy Spirit means all it takes is two or three, just really two of us, and we're having relationship because God's in both of us. And three of us, it's heightened. You know, we're, there's a scripture that says, Three can chase 10,000, you know? It's multiplication of that. So, so if anybody needs, they feel like their spiritual batteries are down and they need them recharged, or you need something physical to be prayed for, or spiritual, emotional, something, then this would be a good time to we'll turn this off, we'll end it, and we'll pray for you. And if you've never moved in signs and wonders, it's not that that's the important thing, you know, like if you've been around church like I have in different places, some, some churches value being overcome by the Spirit to the point that they fall out. Well, it's, it's not that the falling out is the big deal. It's just that God gets so strong you can't stand up. <laughs> you know, that's basically, you can, you can crumple up or this place is hard. So it's like, I, I prefer crumpling or like putting a chair behind somebody or just trying to, you know, it's like, it's a hard floor in here. <laughs> but, but if, if, if you won't, Oh, that's strong, I think. If, if, if you have a desire, like right now, March the 3rd, that is the right day, right? Okay, on March the 3rd, where I'm 72 and a half. Okay, so if it's on this day that you're just going, I just want more of you. I just want to move more in your kingdom. 
I just want to hear you more. I just want to see you do things. Not for my sake, but because it's fulfilling. If you want more of that, then some of us will lay hands on you. We'll ask him to come and give you more. Is that good? Has anybody else got something? Thank you for, like, no wonder I didn't have a message. Because, wow, y'all like, heck, that was good. So, I'm going to put up the microphone now. Okay.